On, uh, on my phone, I have a lovely photo of my uh, little grandson who's growing, three months old. And uh, I'm very proud and happy to show that to you if you want to afterwards. But wouldn't it be sad if in 12 months' time, that was the photo and that was what he still looked like? Or in three years' time, that was what he still looked like? And he just wasn't growing. That would be a, a real tragedy, wouldn't it? Because we expect that uh, during the life of uh, a child and uh, a young adult, they grow. They go through milestones, sleeping through the night, getting teeth, using the potty, taking first steps, heading off to school. And as the years go by, leaving school, learning to drive, all these milestones happen along the way, don't they? My message this morning, um, I pray, is a challenge to you about your own Christian growth and growing in the Lord and thinking through milestones that perhaps have helped you as you grow from strength to strength to strength. And that's where I want to focus this morning, that we as Christians, we as people who love the Lord and pledge ourselves to him, are growing in that relationship, that we're not still at that cute little baby stage, but that we're moving along as we grow in the Lord. To do this, we'll have a look at the life of Peter. As Pam mentioned, we've been doing a series of Peter, and uh, I hope you've been enjoying that. Uh, Just a reminder, as always, that if you've missed any messages, go to the North Lakes website and you can see them all there. But the life of Peter is an amazing one. And many weeks ago when we started that series, Darren reminded us that it's a bit like having a mentor, having Peter as a mentor, someone who we can walk along the journey with for a while and talk with him and learn from him about the mistakes that he made and how we can grow and learn from that and develop in our own life. But this isn't just a, um, an intellectual study about someone's life so we know more facts and figures and more history about that person. It's more than head knowledge about Peter. And my prayer is that as we understand what he went through and pick out the lessons from that for ourselves, that it becomes heart knowledge and we see that it's relevant to us today. But rather than looking at one specific event in the life of Peter today, I want to step back and look at a bit of an overview of his life to see how God was working in his life over time. If I show you the picture of my little grandson, Micah, on the phone, you won't get an idea of how he's grown already in three months. But when we step back and we have a look at the bigger picture, we can see that. And that's sometimes the way it is in our lives as well. When we think about growing as a Christian, if we just focus in on where we are now, one little event, we forget that there's a bigger picture, that the journey started way back here. And we might be at this point of the journey, and the journey is going to continue a long way. And if you step back and have a look at the whole picture, we can see how God is working in our life. I want to start with an unusual passage. It's nothing to do with Peter, in a sense. It's from the Old Testament. But it's one of those Bible passages that just jumped out at me when I was randomly flicking through the Bible one morning, reading, just reading bits and pieces. This one jumped out to me, and uh, I want to just share that with you now. It's from Ezekiel, the Old Testament, chapter 15. Then this message came to me from the Lord, 
Son of man, how does a grapevine compare to a tree? Is a vine's wood as useful as the wood of a tree? Can its wood be used for making things, like pegs to hang up pots and pans? No, it can only be used for fuel, and even as fuel it burns too quickly. Vines are useless, both before and after being put into the fire. So you might think, well, what's that got to do with Peter and our growth as a Christian? Stick with me, stick with me. So God spoke that passage to Ezekiel to warn the people that they were becoming useless to him. Just like the wood of a vine. And that was because of their unfaithfulness. So grapevines bear fruit, they're deciduous, the leaves drop off and you're left just with the woody vine. But they're pruned annually and the clippings from that are just tossed out. They're not used for anything. I don't know, perhaps these days they're mulched, I'm not sure. But certainly in Bible times they were just thrown into a fire. But they weren't even very good as a fire because they would just burn quickly. They wouldn't provide any lasting heat or any real warmth. And in that passage, by comparison, the wood of a tree can have many purposes. The passage mentions pegs for hanging pots and pans. But we know wood can be used for a lot more than that. And if you're unsure about that, you could talk to Dean and Shay. I'm sure they'd have a few clues for you. What about things like chairs and tables, um, bookshelves, house frames, floorboards, steps, hand railings, bed frames, telegraph poles, fences, matches, toothpicks, a shed... Carvings, sculpture, picture frames, cricket bats, a jetty, a boat, a guitar, a piano. You get the idea, don't you? The wood of a tree is so much more useful than that of a vine. And that's the kind of people that God wants us to become. People who are like the wood of a tree. Where we can be used for whatever purpose God calls us to be. And what makes the difference, whether our lives are like the wood of a tree or the wood of a vine, according to the passage, is simply being faithful to God. It all comes down to our faithfulness. Faithfulness, of course, is being reliable, steadfast, unwavering. But when we think about that in relation to Peter's life, we see a lot of ups and downs, don't we? Was Peter really faithful? He had moments of doubt. Moments of failure, moments of misunderstanding, moments of lashing out. And it's easy to question whether, well, was he really faithful or not? Was Peter like the wood of a vine or the wood of a tree? But this is where we step back and we look at his life over time. We look at his life over time. Because we all have ups and downs, there's no denying that. Challenges and circumstances that we face. And at those times, we might feel like our faithfulness to God is not what it should be. Perhaps it's taking a nosedive. But again, look at the bigger picture. Our faith can be strengthened and renewed. And as we heard from Adam last week, even when Peter denied Jesus, that still became a growth point for him. So even though there were hiccups along the way, Overall, Peter's life reflected faithfulness and dedication to Jesus. And he grew from strength to strength. Now, it's not God's purpose to call us 
and leave it at that. Peter was called to leave his fishing, to leave the nets, leave the boats and come and follow Jesus. But that wasn't the end of his story. It was just the beginning, wasn't it? And it's so too for us as Christians. At some stage we've responded to the call of God in our lives. But we're called to more than just stepping inside the kingdom of heaven. We're called to grow and to move forward from that point. So Peter didn't just tag along with Jesus for the ride. He learned from him. He struggled with many things that tested his faith. And he grew to become the useful wood of a tree. I've been recently reading a Christian author, a gentleman called Dr. Dr. Robert Clinton. And he writes about Christians growing. And he points out that Christians should be moving from one level to another level in our faith. And then to another level. And then to another. But of course the challenge is there's no set way of doing that. There's no set formula. It's not a matter of do step one and then move to step two. And after some time, if you're really ready, move to step three. It doesn't really work that way. But what the author does point out is that between different levels in our faith... Often there's events or milestones, a bit like losing the teeth, learning to take your first steps, getting your license, all those kind of things. And he calls these boundary events. It's the boundary from one point of growth where we are in our faith to another one. And these can be significant events that uh, either facilitate the growing of our faith or mark that point in our learning. Sometimes, though, we can't recognise these events when we're going through them. And unless we stop and reflect and think back, we can then realise, yes, God took me through that hard time or that challenge. And I can see how I've grown from that and how my faith uh, has increased. I want to give a few personal examples. At age 10, I responded to God's calling on my life. And I decided that I wanted to live with God in my life and be a Christian. And of course, that's probably the most significant boundary event, isn't it? Responding to God's calling. And I just want to put to you now that if you've never done that, if you've never got to the point of saying, yes, God, I want you in my life, I want my life to be led by you, then that is an all-important starting point. And then I recognise a boundary event in my life when I was 12 years old. We lived in Sydney. I had some great mates. They weren't Christians, they didn't have a particularly godly influence on me, not that they were particularly ungodly, but they certainly weren't the sort of guys who would encourage me in my Christian life. But at uh, age 12 we moved from Sydney to Newcastle and uh, I connected with some friends who were strong Christians. And when I look back in my life I see that as a boundary event because that was a time where I connected with people who encouraged me to take my Christian life seriously. And I think I moved up a level in my life then. I said to God, okay, I'm calling myself a Christian, I want to live for you, but now it's time to get really serious about it. Another boundary event comes to my mind. As a teenager, I lived with uh, a lot of bush at the back of our house, and you can walk from my place in Belmont North right through to Elibana and further without seeing another house. I used to love being up there in the bush, and there was a hill 
where I could sit on that and look over most of Belmont, Belmont North, and I used to love to sit on that hill and just pray and think through things. And it was my prayer hill. And I remember particularly I was about 17 or 18 and having a bit of a rough time with my girlfriend at the time. And I was up on the prayer hill, and I wasn't there just because I could actually see her house way in the distance. I was there to pray. And I remember just praying through this confusing time, as it can be, and just having this absolute sense of assurance that things were going to work out okay. And I just left that hill knowing God is in control. And it was this unmistakable faith in him. The girl and I broke up. But that was okay. (laughs) That was okay. But I knew that whichever way that relationship went, God was in control. I didn't leave there thinking, we're going to be together forever or we're going to break up. I just left there knowing, God, you are in control. And for me, that was a boundary event. Whereas a teenager, I could just trust that God would guide my life. Another boundary event in my life was in my early 20s. And certainly I was a Christian involved with lots of things, but I think I was just a bit too busy to really spend a lot of time with God. There was uni, social life, a lot of church and youth events. And in the midst of all of that, I came to the realisation one day, I really need just to draw closer to God. And I remember praying that prayer and saying, God, I want to get to know you deeper. I want to get to know you more personally. I don't want to just spend my time running around doing things for you. I want to know you. And it wasn't long after I met Jane. And we were able to talk and to pray and to read the Bible and to encourage each other. And I think that was, uh, well, obviously a very important event. Um, But it was a boundary event in my faith as well, uh, being able to draw closer to God. Another boundary event some years ago, I wasn't given a promotion at work. And to those who were involved with that, I do forgive you. It was all okay. (laughs) But at the time... It wasn't Pam, actually. (laughs) But at the time, it was really hard because in all logic, I was the best one for that job. But that wasn't God's purpose. It wasn't God's purpose. And it was was hard. It was uh, very difficult to walk through that. And I felt as though I'd been kicked in the guts. But I thought, okay... I've got two options here. One is to have a big dummy spit or the other is just to trust God through it. And it was painful, but it was a growth time. And I came through that knowing that wherever I am, that's where God wants me to be. And that's where I have to minister. And it's not according to how I think things through, but it's according to God's purpose. And I have no doubt that that was the right decision. As difficult as it was at the time, But I look back to that as a boundary event, one that uh, God took me through to uh, increase my faith and trust in him. So reflecting back on those kind of boundary events or those milestones in our lives help us to realise, okay, God, I see your purpose in that now. I, I know why I went through that. I know why I moved from Sydney to Newcastle. Uh, I know why um, I didn't get that promotion. I know why this happened. I can see your hand in that. And that helps us to see how we grow, how we grow over time. Boundary events for Peter. 
the person that we're looking at? Well, firstly, of course, there was the calling when Jesus called him to leave the net, to leave the boat and to follow him. I think another boundary event was walking on water. Pam just spoke to that um, uh, with us about that a few weeks ago. A real test of faith. And I'm sure that after he'd picked himself up, dried himself off and thought through that, he realised that that was something that had caused him to grow. A few weeks ago, Jess spoke with us about the confession that Peter made when, she, when he declared, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And I think that was a boundary marker for Peter as well, where he could unquestionably say, I know who you are. I get it. I understand you are the son of God. I think the denying of Jesus by Peter at the time of the crucifixion that Adam spoke to us about last week was also a boundary event for Peter. Working through that pain and the anguish and the sadness of denying his friend Jesus, someone that he'd pledged absolute loyalty to, and the way that Jesus then offered forgiveness and restoration, that was a boundary event as well. But I think the next boundary events, the next growth points for Peter are found in the book of Acts. Because the story of Peter certainly doesn't finish at the end of the Gospels. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus has been taken to heaven and the followers have spent time in prayer. Perhaps a little bit uncertain, but they're waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 15. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who, was, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. And skipping down to verse 20. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. I think that was a boundary event for Peter because the Bible tells us in verse 15 that Peter stood up. Peter stood up. He explained the scriptures to the believers. He directed the process of selecting someone to take the place of Judas. So for Peter, choosing someone to replace Judas, I think, was a boundary event because it was the first time he actually led the disciples. The first time he stood up and directed them. And I think we get a sneak peek at Peter the leader, the rock on which the church is going to be built. And I think even if it's something that's relatively simple, like the process of choosing another disciple can be a significant boundary event, a significant point of growth in our Christian life. We don't always have to look for the big things. Sometimes it's just a conversation, a word, uh, a response to uh, something that's happening around us. And when we reflect back on that, we think, wow, that was a real point of growth for me. There was nothing simple about the event, though, in Acts 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's described like the sound of a rushing wind, tongues of fire that were over the heads of the believers. They were empowered 
and enabled to speak in languages that they didn't know, that were understood by people from other nations. In verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Amen to that, prophet Joel. He then launches, Peter, not Joel, into a powerful message, though I have heard some over time, that brings together various scriptures that foretold of Jesus, but it combines the scriptures and the prophecies of Jesus with Peter's own witness of what life was like with Jesus. And he brings it all together. He suddenly understands the purpose of Jesus' ministry on earth, how it fits in with the scripture. And he stands before a crowd of people and boldly explains it. He finally gets it. He doesn't misunderstand anything. It all comes together for him at that point. He was off flying, no more sinking below the surface. So I think you could call that a boundary event. That was something that marked a significant point of growth in his faith. Verse 14 doesn't tell us that Peter stood up. It tells us that Peter stepped forward. He stepped forward. The disciples followed him. He was leading them. He spoke to this large crowd. You know, in a sense, Peter had been stepping forward all his life. He stepped forward when he left the nets. He stepped forward when he saw Jesus walking on the water. He stepped forward when he confessed that Jesus was the son of the living God. You know, some people say that Peter was an impulsive person. That he did things without really thinking them through. He was the first one to jump in or overboard as the case may be. But you know, God made Peter that way. That was a characteristic that God gave Peter for his purpose. And, sh- and sure, there's times where we have habits or reactions or things that we do that we have to allow God to modify and change. But God created each of us who we are with his purpose in mind. And at times that impulsiveness must have felt like for Peter, one step forward, two steps backwards. And we could easily imagine Peter thinking, oh, I've done it again. Jumped in without thinking. Walking on the water telling Jesus that he shouldn't have to die, cutting off that servant's ear with my sword. And I guess Peter could look at any one of those individual events and feel as though he was getting nowhere. And Peter's prayer could be, God, stop me from being impulsive. And it could be the same for us. Maybe we think, oh, I've done it again. I've put my foot in it. I'm going nowhere, I'll never learn. But remember, God created you as you are. And that's not an excuse for allowing ungodly behaviour to happen, but a realisation that there's things about you that God put in you that are unique and are designed for a reason. We have to submit those to God and allow him to use them through us.
But look where Peter was now. He was before a crowd and about to preach the first real message of the church era. And when we look at that overview from moving away from his nets to adding 3,000 people to the kingdom of God in that day, we can see an amazing journey of growth in Peter. That Peter certainly was the wood of a tree, not the wood of a vine. But what about you? I've shared a little of my story. When you reflect over your journey, what do you see? Can you recognise boundary events in your life where there was a certain move or a challenge or an upset or a difficulty um, or a joy or whatever it might be and as you worked through that, you found that your faith was that much stronger. That you could trust God that much more today than you could the other day. Can you describe your life as the wood of a tree to be made into something for God? Are there times when you've had to stand up or step forward? Maybe not. Maybe you feel as though you've let a lot of those points of growth slip by. Maybe you feel, yes, I've stepped into God's kingdom, but I really haven't moved past the front door. Maybe you feel that your life is more like the wood of a vine. But you know, it doesn't have to be that way. That's not how God wants us to live. God has a purpose for us. He wants to create something for us. He wants us to grow and um, not dwell on the past. Do you know, nowhere in the book of Acts do I read where Peter wished he never denied Jesus. Nowhere do I read of Peter replaying that whole walking on the water thing in his mind. If only I hadn't stepped out of the boat, or if I'd been a little bit more to the right, the waves look a little bit more solid there. Oh, I should have kept my head up and not looked down. What did I have for breakfast? I probably ate too much. That's what made me sink. I wish I could go back and do that again and do it right and get it right and not fail Jesus. We don't hear Peter talking like that. We don't do that. But yet, do we do that in our own lives? Be honest. Do you ever go back and replay things? And if only you had done this, if only you had done that. Well, a news bulletin, you can't change it. You can't go back and change it. But we can use it as a boundary event, use it as a point of growth to move forward. And I think it's a trap to spend time with our heads in the past when Jesus is wanting to move us forward. It might even be that you're in the midst of a boundary event right now or a challenge that can become a point of growth. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And if you're in one of those situations now, I encourage you to look to God for that. And then down the track, you can look back and think, wow, I went up a level in my faith in that point. I guess when I look back at Peter's growth, I just see three key ingredients. 
Just three key ingredients. The first was time with Jesus. Peter had a lot of time with Jesus over a number of years. And he was able to reflect on that when he spoke to the crowd of 3,000 people. And if we're going to grow and use those boundary events as stepping stones for our faith, we need to spend time with Jesus. I know that in those key points in my life, if I hadn't taken time to pray, to be with Jesus, and just march through them as best as I could, they wouldn't have been stepping stones for me. The second thing that Peter did, he had a knowledge of the scriptures. And that's revealed to us in Acts 1 and Acts 2. Acts 1 where he's talking with the disciples about choosing somebody new to replace Judas. He refers to scriptures. Acts 2, when he's preaching to that large crowd of people, he links so many prophecies and Bible verses about Jesus together. And it just makes sense when you read it through. Think, ah, I get what Jesus' ministry was all about. But he knew the scripture. And if we're going to grow as Christians, if we're going to use those boundary events to help us to grow, we have to know the scriptures. Spend time with Jesus, number one. Know the scripture. And the third thing, I believe, is simply that above all, the ups and downs, in all of that, he had a heart that was faithful to God. Even though sometimes he messed it up, he had a heart that was faithful to God. The passage in Ezekiel tells us that the people were more like vines instead of trees because of their unfaithfulness. And if we're going to grow and be like the wood of a tree, remain faithful to God. And because you messed up yesterday, doesn't mean you're not faithful to God. It just simply means you messed up yesterday. Because you messed up a few weeks ago, it doesn't mean you're not faithful to God. It just means, well, you've got some growing to do. It doesn't mean that you'd quit on God and you don't love God because you got angry at somebody. So don't judge yourself and look at all of those little challenges and negative things and think, well, am I really a Christian? (laughs) Remain faithful to God. Remain faithful to God. I love having you ladies in the audience. It's so good. (laughs) Remain faithful to God. Spend time with Jesus. Know the scriptures. Remain faithful to God. Let's pray. God, you're a good God, and we love you. Father, I thank you that you bring events into our lives that uh, cause us to grow and to stretch. I pray that our faith will always be growing. Father, we thank you for the life of Peter, his faithfulness to you, his impulsiveness, but his heart to follow you. May we learn from that. Amen.